they're coming through the back door. Get the children. Hide the children. Oh, oh, oh. oh uh, oop, my bad, dude. Usually I do my my vocal warmers before we start recording. But that was a great segue to another great off the top podcast episode. Julian, how are your vocals doing? You know, they they are warmed up. Um, not to that extent, but they are warmed up and I'm excited for our take on a true crime podcast. I don't know if you guys listen to true crime podcast, we figured we'd jump in, you know, talk a little murder mystery here, unsolved murder mysteries. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't, but you know, we found them pretty interesting as, uh, as we dug deep into these, these mysteries. Absolutely. We know that, you know, you guys love a murder mystery. And so we wanted to milk that podcast cash cow a little bit and see how we do. And so we picked out a couple of our favorite, most interesting uh, murder mysteries or unsolved murders. And so we're going to just tell the story, get our take and then go from there. So the first one I want to talk about is one that's going to be near and dear to Julian's heart. Uh, basically it's a jazz loving axe murderer. Yeah. This is the one I saw in our show notes, uh, beforehand. And I, I distinctly said out loud to myself, jazz, that's interesting. Don't read the rest of it, Julian, because I really want to hear Jordan tell the story. Exactly. So I'm, I'm taking you back to New Orleans in 1918 and 1919. So Basically, there is this axe murderer uh, and chopping up parties. And so he literally, like, you know, with his axe, go to town on a party of people. And so he did eight in total. And usually he took the axes from people's home. At least that's what they think, because they never caught the this person. And they suggested, the, the mo- like, you know, they couldn't even figure out a motive of why he was doing that. And they were all kind of like terrified and scared. And then this person sent a taunting letter to the actual local papers. And this is exactly as it read. Now to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, in in parentheses, on next Tuesday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to to you people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in their in neither in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for you, people. One thing is certain that is the su- that is that some of your people who don't who do not jazz it on Tuesday night will get the axe. That is one of the most interesting serial killer murder mystery notes I think I've ever heard that he will stop his terrorizing for his simple love of jazz. I don't know what that says about jazz, but the idea that to get the entire city of New Orleans, notably known for jazz, to play jazz to be safe is a very, very unique persona or person to have that as your, you know, I I won't do anything bad if this is happening. Yeah, exactly. And first off, I'm not illiterate. It was hard to read. 
<laughs> Secondly, uh, dude, what what if this dude like? Let's think of the angles. What if this dude not only loved jazz, but he owned a jazz music company, and <laughs> and he was just being a businessman. Yeah, I mean that's a great marketing strategy. Uh, I don't know if it's ex- executed the. Yeah, I don't know if it's executed the right way. The one thing that made me think about it is the fact that he put. 1215 earthly time. I know, you know, this time frame 1918, 1919 is a little bit more interesting, but like that is interesting, equally interesting to me because, you know, the whole alien thing at that time wasn't as big as it was as we get into like the the 60s and 70s and like Roswell, New Mexico and Area 51 start piping up. So it's I would be very curious to why, you know, that was added um, for this particular person. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not really known. I mean, I guess that's one of those things, you know, that's why it's a it's a murder mystery is, you know, why specifically then? Like, is this have to do with aliens? He talks about devils in the nether regions. Um, so there's a lot of mystery. And I think it's an equally as terrifying that. This guy or this person, because we don't know who it is, wants to hear people playing jazz music out of the fear of their for their lives. Yeah, it's uh, well, the thing that taking access from someone's home, neutral standpoint, probably intelligent. You aren't tracked to it if you leave it at the scene. It's already there. Um, But. That is like a very brutal onslaught. And once again, 1918, 1919, very, very different times in terms of home security and, you know, what people are expecting. This is well before people figure out what serial killers are um, and their motives um, beforehand or even communicating between city lines, their police departments about what's happening to connect these, these occurrences. So just overall, a, a unique person, once again, animatic character that this person is creating for his very dark needs, so to speak, um, during that time. Yeah, kind of a kind of a puzzling one. I'll tell you what, if I was like, you know, living at that time, I would absolutely for sure have a jazz band playing or be in the vicinity of one because that... I mean, just in itself, kind of being such a wild claim, I think that it is scary enough to take it seriously. Like, there's no way that that's a joke. Um, with that being said, I'm always rocking jazz at home, so I, you know, my my house would be pretty cool. But you know, once again, very very groovy, but dark person at that time. Obviously, was never caught or can never figure it out. If it was even if it was more than one person for them to to come together and decide that jazz was the the stopping point is uh very unique absolutely but without further ado let's get to the next one what do you got julian so this is the story of elisa lamb just learned about this one recently and essentially elisa lamb was found dead in a water tank at the notorious cecil hotel in los angeles in 2013 to this day nobody knows how she died or how her body got there But there was footage moments before she died of her in an elevator. And the police released the surveillance footage 
taken from the cameras at the Cecil Hotel on their website. Um, and this is where things kind of look to turn into a truly bizarre, very odd scene. And so uh, Elisa Lamb was a tourist coming into California. And on February 19th, two weeks after the video was published by the authorities, maintenance worker um, Santiago Lopez found Elisa Lamb's body floating in one of the hotel water tanks. Um, Lopez made that discovery that day after responding to the complaints from hotel patrons about low water pressure and weird taste coming from the water. And um, so the hotel video shows Elisa in one of the elevators on the date of her disappearance because her parents didn't want her to travel alone to the U.S. So after her supposed checkout date, they tried to reach her and couldn't reach her. Um, and that's when the police, you know, looked further into it. But this, you can actually watch this video uh, on the internet. It's, I mean, it's not like dark. It's not, it's just really eerie. Um, essentially, she goes into this elevator and is acting super strangely. It's like frantically hitting the button, like peeking out the elevator, hiding in the corners um, in this very pixelated images. And then you can see, you know, her eventually stepping in and out of the elevator, poking around. And then she peers out of the elevator a few times before, like, leaving entirely. And that's the last footage they have. Um, there's a lot of interesting theories about the footage being doctored, why there isn't other footage in other areas. But no one's sure how she ended up in the water tank on the roof that is pretty difficult to get into for, you know, the frame of this lady um, to get in there and eventually end up, you know, as the, the coroner said, drowned because that was the only, you know, thing they could get to at the time um, to figure out what had happened. So it's one of the most bizarre mysteries there is. And after, if you see the footage, you know, if you are, you know, a courageous person um, and watch it as a very eerie, eerie video um that you would think you'd see in like a big production scary movie that's that's incredible that they have this video footage and that's all they have like you said kind of the 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 odd circumstances of seeing this person obviously in a panic and in this video and then she leaves and there's nothing else that's all that they have yeah, and then for the police to release the footage and then, you know, the hotel. Once again, this is a hotel, so there's bound to be people, you know, somewhere in the hall to have seen her potentially or if no one saw her, equally odd. But two weeks later after this, it comes out is that when they find her in a water tank on the roof, that is causing obviously really weird tasting water and low water pressure because of you know what's happening to the body over that time um one to just a really really bizarre mystery and the reason i felt you know compelled to bring this one in here is because there is truly all the reddit theories i've seen and all the different you know it goes everything from paranormal activity to you know doctored footage to someone catching her in the hallway uh, you know no one has any idea of how it happened and to get to that that next employee you know employee only roof access to get in the water tank 
No one knows. Unsolved murder mystery. And Bob's your uncle. I guess that's a that's one of those that you know will stay wondering about. If you have a hot lead or have a theory, reach out to us. We're curious. And and with that water, the same water that they're giving to people in the Dominican Republic, who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. And with that transition, Jordan's got a got a gem coming up for you. Absolutely. So basically, we're we're going to take it back to the nineteen sixty six in a place that I've been to personally, and. Uh, a place that I was very fond of, Adelaide, Australia, on Australia Day itself, which is obviously kind of like their 4th of July, so to speak. And we have basically the disappearance of the the Beaumont children. So uh, of the children, we have Jane Beaumont. Her siblings are seven-year-old, and Jane's nine. Her seven-year-old sister Arna and her four-year-old brother Grant and they basically all vanished out of nowhere so what happened was the the kids hopped on the bus for basically the what what should have been a five-minute train ride to Glengold Beach uh, a popular spot to visit and hours after they just never returned home and so this basically set into motion this mysterious, like searching for these kids and this unsolved mystery sensation. Um, and the really, really weird thing is that the, there was multiple witnesses that saw the children places. So for instance, there was a witness that claimed to have seen the siblings on the beach and they were playing with a tall, thin, blonde man. And then... There was other like things where Jane was spotted buying snacks, including a meat pie, apparently, which the children have never purchased before with money that she never was supposed to have or she didn't have when she was leaving that home that day. And then there was also another witness that basically saw um, a mail carrier that who knew the family, who knew the girls, saw the kids walking in the direction of the home a few hours later but apparently never made it. So I think that this one is especially eerie. First off, that it's children. Secondly, that there is multiple um, reports of people witnessing these kids out and about and doing kind of very, very suspicious things as far as like playing with the, 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 the man or, you know, having money, which they were not supposed to, like, you know, that they didn't have beforehand or even the ones where they're on their way home, but never made it. That's quite eerie to me. Yeah, and you can see how the 60s were just a wild time. Um, It makes me very thankful for technology um, in, you know, media today where it's a little bit easier to get out that image of the children if, you know, you're looking for them. But, I, you know, it's always unsettling when the description um, of the, the person they they're seen with is like tall, thin, blonde man. Um, you know, very, very vague. I I haven't been to Australia. I'd like to be go one day, but I picture a lot of tall, thin, blonde men in Australia. So you know that doesn't help anyone. I think at the end of the day to figure this out. 
And to have, as Jordan said, witnesses see them purchasing thing or familiar faces and just have no clue where they where they ended up is, you know, I think one of the, the biggest fears in society is, you know, the kids probably did what they normally do and, and some variable happened that day and no one ha- will have any idea of what truly happened. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the that's the the connecting link to all of these stories is that the air of mystery on you know why not knowing why things happen not knowing how they happened and not knowing basically essentially how to not allow that to happen to anybody else and i think that's the that's the thing about murder mysteries is that people want to know because they don't want to be in situations like that so they want to know like okay so this is something i need to watch out for a scary person in a dark alley or, you know, X, Y, or Z. But the thing is, is that, you know, things happen and there's, in these cases, unknown reasons, which means that, you know, you just don't know. So it's it's just unknownness that is the scariest part to me. I mean, granted, the missing people, the murdered people, yeah, that's terrifying. But the fact that we have no idea why is also equally as scary, I would say. Yeah, and, and there's never really any any closure for you know some of the families involved or the people in their life involved. Where in this case, you can make an assumption that the road you know did not end up well for these children, but you could also make the assumption that maybe there's something is still going around. Uh, it's really tough to tell. And that's, you know, what makes it so eerie is that one moment, one morning, you know, you could see someone in that that fleeting moment, someone could be gone in the next eight hours is never something that sits well with anyone. And to then hear the accounts of seeing your children on the beach um, uh, with an unknown person or purchasing something with unknown money or even walking home you know, doesn't obviously doesn't make things any easier and it just raises more and more questions. Um, and I could assume only drives, you know, the mind to wander and, and do, you know, detrimental things to during that thought process. Yeah, absolutely. But without further ado, Julian, what is uh, your next story? Uh, the, the, the final story I, I have here is about the Springfield three, uh, 1992, so a little after, you know, when serial killers are found out, a little bit more communication technology comes into play. But essentially, you know, Suzanne and Stacy Streeter and McCall just graduate from high school. They go to a party till about two. They go home um, to Suzanne's home. And then Stacy, Suzanne, and her mom, Cheryl, were never seen again. Uh, the disappearance of one person might be intentional. Maybe they just wanted to begin a new life. The di- disappearance of two teenage girls and a girl's mother is obviously something else altogether. And the most interesting thing about this is when their friends go to see them in the morning, um, the house is perfectly fine. Everything, there's nothing stolen. You know, purses are still there. Everything is in normal order as it always is, except for this case, the dog is locked in the bathroom. 
Um, the last anyone heard from, you know, the mother was a phone call at 11 um, on that night. And, you know, likely she was asleep before the girls came back. And uh, it was obvious after that that someone had to get out of bed for those girls to vanish later around 2 a.m. And so I did a little bit more digging. There's a lot of different theories about how do you, you know, at this time take three people from their home, um, especially, you know, older women. Uh, I wouldn't say older, but, you know, out of high school over 18 or, or 18 and their mother. Um, they aren't, you know, kids at this point that the, the biggest theory I saw was uh, for the cops or a, a fake cop in this scenario where a lot of the a lot of the different research that's been shown that there's multiple podcasts on it. I think it was on the first 48 or a cold case or something like that, where um, they thought there's people who knew what was going on, but didn't know what was going on in terms of bigger picture type things. Um, but this Reddit theory breaks down, eventually surmises to, you know, how do you get in? How do you get someone to open the door at 2 a.m. that you don't know? How do you persuade them to leave their house? Um, you know, how do you transport them without anyone else seeing? Um, and a few other things. And it, this theory is that either, you know, a cop or someone posing as a cop shows up to them you know, reports to them and tell them, hey, get in my car, we're taking you to the station. And then lo and behold, that's not the truth. But no one knows truly what happened. Even the brother who was accused for a long time and is trying to pull together information hasn't found any new findings. I think that one's particularly uh, odd and different because it's multiple adults you know, we talked about like children or one person um, in this, in like these scenarios or like an abduction and stuff like that. But multiple adults is the odd one, I think. And especially since like, yeah, those questions are quite prevalent. So like, you know, your thought process of understanding everything. But I do believe that, you know, since a dog was locked into the bathroom, that there was no persuasion of like, hey, leave. You know, like I couldn't imagine, but at the same time, there's no, it didn't seem like there was any, like, you know, anything was messed up or anything of that nature. Yeah. It just become one of those odd ones. Like when we compare to the, the jazz musician or jazz guy, you know, who left the carnage at the scene, um, you know, you look at something that might've been bizarre in an elevator. You look at, um, kids disappearing on the street. This one has people being taken from their own home. Um, and everything left in order with nothing stolen and no carnage at the scene um, and no one seeing them or hearing from them, you know, late in the night. Um, once again, to being adults, how it happened or what actually happened may never be known. Um, but once again, it is one of those one of those mysteries that people are always looking for the answers. And maybe hopefully one day someone puts the pieces together or someone comes out and says something and it, it offers closure for, you know, one of these families. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's I obviously I couldn't imagine putting myself in these shoes. But yeah, regardless of it's uh, kids going to the beach, people at parties, uh, somebody traveling or, you know, just people in their own homes, anything can happen anywhere. And not to like, you know, make it feel like you scare anybody or anything like that. But that is just the case. Um, so, yeah, 
I don't want to hear anybody becoming an unsolved mystery. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. And if you like want to hear more about this, you want us to do this a little bit more often, dabble into this. Uh, yeah, just let us know, obviously, through our social, which is the off top, off top cast, I believe. Yep. And that's going to be on Twitter, IG. Uh, we have the off the top podcast as our Gmail. And obviously, you can reach us through Anchor. But I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode. Um, we love your feedback. We love your reviews. Uh, we read them pretty frequently. And we're glad that you guys, you know, have something listening at work or while working out or commuting. Um, you know, we really look forward to more episodes in the future. And, you know, just having fun and learning with you guys. And until next time. <laughs>